Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, with me this week, uh, which I'm sure both of them will be basking in the glory of the Fiji win, uh, are Blake and James. How are you, boys? Good, mate. How are you, Matt? Good? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, preparing myself from the onslaught and the inappropriate language coming out of Blake's voice in a minute. How are you, Blake? I reject the premise, Richard. I would never. But I am here to unpack England Fiji. What a ripper of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, I think um, a lot of the uh, the storylines have been about um, England's inadequacies as a rugby team. And there are there's a lot of uh, space in the newspaper to do that. But I think it'd be remiss of us not to say, you know, the, how fantastic the Fijians were. But uh, obviously, we'll come back to uh, England, Fiji later. We're here to talk about obviously the Wallabies. And I saw you tweet today, Blake, you were eulogising about how fantastic the, the Wallabies were, even in a heavy defeat, no? Um, that, mate, they suck. What do, you, what do you want me to say? We're 0-5. Um, you've got to pull out some positives, and I think that's, that's what the Wallaby fans are doing. Um, we had a lot of ball, that's something. Um, <laughs> we, we had a lot of possession. We had a lot of territory. We look like we know how to play rugby. We just don't know how to accumulate points. Steve uh, Harlow, is he starting? Is he getting a jersey or what? Yeah, Sully was mate. He was he was he was very very good in attack. I think he was still a little off the pace in defence. Mate, no, if I was coming up against him, I'm running straight at him every time. Yeah, it goes without saying. Um, look, you can't I, you can't carry that. You can't. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore, man. I'm going to come here, listen to you do a ten minute speech, and then just move on. You can't carry him. To be fair, James, I won't I, do it. I think he was one of our best three players. Um, yesterday. With that said, um, no, I, I don't think there's any version where he's getting Best three players, he only played 70 minutes. Um, I don't think there's any version where he's getting picked. I think he's Corabetti's replacement, but Eddie had to justify getting him a million. Getting him a seat on the plane. The million was salary and um, give him some game time. So I think it was an experiment that, that finally paid off. Yeah, so he can't go to the Press after and go, my five years in rugby union, and then just rang a shit. Mate, you got your oppos, you didn't take them. I'm done. Move on. <laughs> I thought he played all right. I, I think you're, you're, you're pointing the trigger at the wrong bloke. Um, I don't know. What, what did you boys think? Well, just to, to, to take away from, to move away from Funavalo, uh, what are you actually your thoughts, if I'm being honest? Because when you look at the territory, Australia had, a, um, you know, 61% of the territory had greater amount of possession. Um, you can lean itself to the kicking woes, and yet yeah, you can talk about you know Carter Gordon needing to get on the practice tee and and work on his radar and all that kind of stuff. But to that's Wait, it's too late. Yeah. Talking about guy but, can't kick for goals. What is he doing there? Why are you throwing him the tee on the international stage in a World Cup here when Australian rugby is on the brink of death? <laughs> Jim's not wrong. He didn't kick for the Rebels. Why is he kicking for the Wallabies? Name a World Cup team that have but won the not, Cup with a kicker who kicks under 85%. You're not getting to my point, though. That's too easy a narrative to jump on his kicking. I'm saying when you have 60% territory, there's surely there's bigger questions that need to be answered in terms of only coming out, only having 17 points in terms of how many clean breaks, how many offloads, how many defenders beat, and, you know, um, all those things. Is there bigger questions rather than just kicking your goals? As much as I'm an advocate of kicking, no, because kicking kicking your goals wins your games. Scoreboard pressure, you get a result for going down there. Mentally, it has huge value on the boys. 
as they progress. They get result for their hard work instead of just like, oh, 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 all this effort, and then it's it's nothing. It's completely wasted. And before you know you turned around, you're back in your 22 going, fuck, here we go again. Uh, look, I, I, I'm with Jim. I understand what you, you're picking at there, Rich, and what you're trying to say, that there's, you know, you don't want to shoulder the blame on one issue. It's a pretty big issue in rugby union. It is. Like, it is. Games are pretty much goal-kicking. They're worth three points of tries. There's only... There's only a certain amount of times a team, can, a team can pick themselves back up again a match. And when you miss a kick after territory and possession, the team drops. They've got to pick themselves back up again. And there's only a limited amount of times that you can do that across the 80. And I think How many goal, can we do? The goal kicking was compounded. I don't disagree with Jim there either. But the goal kicking was compounded by a shit maul, um, whereas some of those times where we went the line... Um, you know, if it was the the Brumbies or the Bockies, you would have got a try in the corner um, and you would have had some scoreboard pressure because your rolling mall was effective. But we probably had 10 rolling malls five metres out where, where we did nothing with it. Um, we're also very unlucky. There was, you know, a certain try for all money in the corner um, and then Kellaway got done for a head-high shot. That was just fucking nonsense. Vunaval is flashback yellow. to 2020. Vunaval's yellow card was the softest yellow card you've ever seen, and France got it all the soft. points when he was off the park. We were dominant at that breakdown. Um, he got pulled. I tell you what, I was surprised about the block, the try in which he scored, where he like did the blocking, you know, positioned himself really well and sort of backed into the dude as the ball was coming to the catch zone. I was like, they're definitely going to rule that. They're definitely going to rule that a penalty. They're not going to give that, and they fucking gave it. Uh, it was Mario Kart by that point of the game, wasn't it? They were just giving yeah. us points to make us feel competitive. Um, but but I, I look, I do think we kick our goals and we get a bit of luck. Like they conceded a lot of penalties in the side. They're twenty two, not a whisper of a yellow card. They are hot on attack. Once Vunavalo get off, we leak a bunch of points. I agree with the narrative that the scoreline wasn't reflective of how close the game was, but. A spade's a spade, mate. We're over five. How many times have we shelved forty points? Um, it's it's. Just so can I ask? Is it what what makes it so? Because England are in the same situation, so I'm not not um, I'm throwing stones. Why are the why is the defence so porous? Is it the, well, let's talk about England? <laughs> but why is the defence so porous? Is it the fact that they're just not winning the contact? Is it the fact that the breakdown work we? We've intimated that these are potential reasons. Um, is it structures defensively? Is it the fact that players, there's been a lot of chopping and changing, so um, trying to put uh, round pegs in square holes? Like, but Because you, to your point, you are conceding a lot of points, and England are doing the same thing. So how do you reduce the likelihood of that occurring? Is it changing defensive structures? What, what do you think? I think it was a bit of the contact zone. They just seemed to win the initial contact. Like, you look at the tries, he hit and spun in. The line breaks were hit, offload, like giving them those opportunities, those real micro opportunities to succeed. And a team like France in the form they're in at home with a wailing, with a wailing revolution behind them. Revolution. Um, I don't know, I'm studying ways at school at the moment. <laughs> um, look, yeah, look, the defence thing, I think it's the centres. For Keddie, when's the last time he played a game of rugby? You're now defending against France and Stade Francais. Like the, you, you're fucking up against it, mate. Jordan Pattaya, I rate him. Huge sky's the limit there. 
Not an international 13, certainly not defensively at this stage of his career. Could be, um, but Lenny Cattell was. Um, and I think that this, there was so much space there in the centres. Um, we just look like a dog's breakfast. And we just need to crumble under pressure, um, whereas France can just absorb pressure, give away a penalty, absorb the line out, give away another penalty, absorb the line out. Before you know it, they've got the ball back. Um, we're kicking ourselves for missing a shot at goal, for missing a rolling ball. Whereas it was like every time they get it, we just capitulate. Um, and I also think out wide, um, as much as we, I was praising Vernavale before, and I think Marky Mark's on fire, there's a lot of room behind our wingers. That positionally, they don't seem to be amazing. Um, and France scored a lot of easy tries. I actually think it was quite easy. You look at their wingers, they look like they look like fucking accountants or school teachers, mate. They've got the Joe Roth rig um, and they're just chip and chase, grubber it behind our wingers, get outside them. Our wingers look like fucking Olympians. Like they, they could be a Mount Olympus, mate. You could sketch them. Um, just the greatest rigs you've ever seen. But the French wingers just look smarter. And what so is that? Let's break that down a little bit. Something I'm interested in this. Oh, I think it's just how much rugby do you play? Like the well, amount of rugby that Steve Larkin made, mate. Didn't lift a weight in his life. Yeah, but I'm just, sure gonna, I'm just gonna go honest here. When was the last time forget he played rugby? How many games in a row has Jordan Pattaya played at 13? When no. was the last time Vunavalu played rugby? But I think it's just to, to Jim's point though, it's the difference in body shape. If you look at the as you were saying, in terms of the body type, uh Australia seems to have gone more towards this idea of big, strong, powerful, get over the game line kind of wingers, do the extra like kind of extra yards rather than the the quintessential wiry very Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the thing is I think these guys can do that. I just think they need a full season plus an extra five games plus two or three years together to be able to be a complete rugby player. And at the moment, um I just not I just not not seeing it. They just seem, they just, yeah, that. So if you ask me why does our defence suck, I agree. It's game line in the forward pack. Um, it's our ability to absorb, inability to absorb pressure. I think it's the chopping and changing in the centres. Um, and I think it's our wingers' spatial awareness. I feel like Kellaway is doing a lot of work, doing a lot of the, lot of the spatial awareness at the back there. Um, so I think all of that doesn't help. Um, and then I think... It's a lot of pressure to absorb. It's just a lot of pressure to absorb. And also, if I'm being sympathetic... Pressure's only growing, though. It's only going to get bigger. If I'm being sympathetic to Eddie, it still looks like they've got a lot of Ks in their legs. Either the boys aren't fit um, or they're still just getting pumped at training. What about these comments after the game? Any credibility to those? What, that we hit our game plan? Or that we're just saving things. Didn't you say something about him saving things? Hmm. Yeah, well, that was the narrative he's been running for. He ran for England for like three years. He was he was saving. It was this thing that was going to happen. He was re-imaging the idea of like the back line and he was saving things. So I've heard that yarn enough times. But I want to... such a load of shit, isn't it? Yeah. I think with that... I'm going to start using that at work too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saving the real stuff. Yeah, saving the real stuff. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a... It's a crazy methodology if there's any truth to it, which there clearly is, and it's a marketing line you would have to say at this point. Um, I, I think the real litmus test is when Eddie got the job, 
people came out here and said, well, we won't get to win the World Cup. We might win it with Eddie. And then when when Eddie looks like he's going to lose the World Cup, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because we might beat the Lions. Like, we just keep moving the goalposts to suit the Eddie narrative, whatever that narrative might be. I mean, the blokes picked a squad without a goal kicker. Fucking mental. Mm. Um, just what did you think about, because we talk about some positives along the way as well. Um, Angus Bell continues to um, carry the ball and look dynamic with it. With that, um, Valentini, Valentini carried the ball. It lost a bit of contact at times, but... Uh, he's always a willing runner, carries the ball a lot. Um, there was also, you know, scrummaged, uh, the front row scrummaged pretty well. Um, Tupo, not his best game, but uh, overall, there's got there. you can take some positives out of it. And I think that's where the concerns for France will go. I don't know whether this is France's first team or not, um, but moving forward, they're going to struggle if they can't uh, compete up front against those other superpowers, as we say. Yeah, I think uh, France are in some bunny rubble come scrum time. Hmm. Um, Bell and Tupo made pretty light work of them. Um, and I, I, I think that they're not, they're going to really struggle against the Bockies, particularly. Um, maybe New Zealand doesn't have that overpowered of a scrum. Angus Bell's an absolute superstar, mate. How good at rugby is that bloke? He needs to play a lot of minutes. Tupo's great story 70 minutes, not his best game. He scrummaged well, though, and he played 70 minutes. Only one dumb penalty. You'll take that. Skelton getting through 70 minutes. Um, there, were, there were some positives there, right? But, fuck, you know, how positive can you be? We're 0 and 5. And unlike people drinking the Eddie Kool-Aid, I don't just care about the World Cup. I like watching the Wallabies win. Um, and I'm not willing to sacrifice every minute of every game because we might win a competition in three years' time. Mm. Lions are here. Um, so you know, it's a bit hard to be over the top, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Just as um, you know, obviously France's next game will be the first game of the, the obviously the Rugby World Cup, which is um, against uh, the Kiwis. Now we've seen this weekend, we've obviously seen um, France beat the Wallabies, um, and we've also seen the Kiwis lose to the Bockies. Um, where do you both sit? Because I still believe uh, going into that game, yes, surely big occasion, first round, arousal levels through the roof of the French players. Do the Kiwis still go in as favourites within that, it's particularly with the with the uh, failures that we've just seen, scrum time, inability to, you know, giving away lots of penalties? Kiwis favourite for that game now? I don't think you can. I don't think they can be. They got dusted 35-7. to 7. I think what we're really going to see is a clash of pretty similar styles. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I reckon similar styles not a bad shout at all. You'll never hear me back against the All Blacks. Hmm. I just, I just, I get it. France deserved to be number one. They just put 40 points on us. The All Blacks just got pumped. Well, the, the thing is, what's interesting is what is France going to do? They've seen the model that works. Are they going to back themselves? I think that's the right decision. But, um, you know, if they come up against them, if they lose this game, France, and they come up against them later, you know, they've, everyone now has seen the model. You've got to pick big boys, big boys. Did you see that 7-1 bench as well? It's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, I think that was by oh, your right, right. awesome. Um, I Look, France will kick the leather off it against the All Blacks. We know that. Um, and they won't make a lot of mistakes, and they will fucking kick their goals from everywhere. 
which we saw against the Wallabies. I mean, that was that that was the story of the first half against the Wallabies. But we we genuinely outplayed them. Um, I sound like a Pommy fan in the Ashes. We won the moral victory in the first half. Um, but we would give a penalty. Jelly Bear would just slot it, mate. Like it was a non-event. Um, the, the goal kicking is off the charts. Um, and I think they'll they'll kick. They'll put New Zealand under a shit ton of pressure and they'll kick their goals. Mm. I just will never. I just, I don't know. New Zealand and New Zealand, mate. I, I've been conditioned to see them as unbeatable. Um, and I, I still think they're still my favourites going in, into all of it. Holy moly, it's exciting. Where do you sit with it, Rich? Um, I just think um, it, it is going to be, and this is such a cliche thing to say, uh, but I feel like it's a toss of a coin But um, if I was being objective. But I agree with your point. I don't think I'd ever really, it's like the Crusaders in Super Rugby, I don't think I can really ever back against a Kiwi team. Um, and so therefore, you know, I think the pressure on the French in that first game, I know obviously they're going to be up for the game, first round and everything, but um, I just I just feel like the Kiwis are going to come back from their loss against the, the South Africans the other day. But the exciting thing about the Rugby World Cup this time is there's no clear line. There may be on one side of the draw, but on the other side, anything could literally happen. You could throw the cards up in the air and you could get uh, so many different variations of teams qualifying out that group, um, of either group really. Um, so there's lots of... Um, um, lots of positives for the for the competition moving forward. Oh, mate, it's I couldn't be more excited for the competition. It's such a shame at the time slot. Oh, yeah, it's hard. Can I just add a caveat to that? Though I'm excited for the competition, um, but it's the first time where I go to a World Cup. And even back, if you think back in 2007, when England was shit and got to a final, when they just scrummaged really, really well, in the last time it was in France. This, this for this England for this World Cup, I'm not excited to see how England play because they're so turgid and dour and unadventurous, etc. But if, as a competition as a whole, I'm excited to see how everyone uh, how everyone fares. It's yeah, one of the greatest waiting. sporting events in the world. How could you not be? Yeah, it's going to be, and, and I think the real story of this World Cup is um, the flattening. Like you can almost throw out the word tiered, tier one, tier two, tier three. Fuck that off, mate. There are ten. Very competitive teams. In that I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to wait on that. I'm not going to jump in there with you so quickly. I know Fiji just beat England and we've had some close encounters. I'm going to wait before I throw tiered out. I still think it's tiered. It's Look, a- you, might, you might be right, Jim, and um, you know, it might be an anomaly as we lead into the World Cup. People are holding cards close to their chest and all of that. I genuinely feel like Fiji deserves to be ranked above Australia and Wales right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely feel like Samoa could knock someone off. Um, I, I, I think that could definitely happen. I feel like Tonga are going to be a pain in the ass. Um, you know, I, I don't think Scotland, Argentina are above them. Um, Australia, Wales in that category as well. England in that category as well. I Is that all the friendlies done? But we've been saying for 20 years yes. that Pacific Islander teams will arrive at a World Cup, and, and and maybe this is the one where it happens, and I'm genuinely excited to see that happen. Yeah, friendly's done and dusted, mate. But look, next I'm, game. I'm going to embarrass myself, and I'm sorry about not bringing some uh, credibility to this uh, well-researched podcast because I can't for the life of me think the name of what it's called, the competition after the World Cup's finished, where obviously everyone plays everyone in this league table to find out, to mirror the idea of what's happening with the in between the European Championships and the football, like the Champions League, where they play each other and accrue points to finish at the top. I can't believe, can't for the life of me remember what it is. But my issue is, is if the two two nations, as they are 
categorize right now outperform and are a lot closer, it kind of diminishes that even more uh, because we want those tier two teams playing those tier one nations even more, um, which is a shame because hopefully it doesn't just split up into tier one and tier two and the gap continues. Hopefully they mesh more effectively moving forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree, but I don't have time to, to worry and be cynical. I'm just pumped about this tournament oh, right now. Right yeah. now, and what these teams can deliver. And what you'll find, Richard, is if you look closely, tomorrow's not guaranteed, mate. All you got's right now. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Jim. Thank you for that insight. And I think here's three blokes all watching their team absolutely stink. Stink like right. shit, mate. And, and um, England particularly disgusting, um, awful. Awful. Crowd at Twickenham, losing to Fiji for the first time ever. And I think the, the, the astonishing thing with England is, they haven't actually evolved much um, since the last World Cup. It's the same players. They just suck now. They've refused to. No, I think I think it's uh, what what's what's idiotic. What's the the definition of insanity is the fact that Steve Borthwick continues to try to do the same things as what uh, Eddie Jones did before, which weren't weren't working. Um, and he just doesn't know his best fifteen. And okay, there's been injuries and there's suspensions, rightly so. Both those suspensions. Uh, but he hasn't been helped, as I said, by injuries. But it's just, it's just maddening. And I was reading an article the other day about the fact of um, the inability to oversee uh, junior age groups. Um, the structures in place are just falling apart a little bit. And Twickenham used to be this hub or a hive of activity, and just to have this great atmosphere because everyone was bought into the team. And it's just not a fun place to go right now. Everybody's going there um, with a negative mindset. England are not trying to play in a, in either in an expansive or in an aggressive, in-your-face kind of way. They're just yeah. backwards. I was having a chat to a uh, palm at work today who was arguing, and he had a point, mate. The longer I listened, the more I was coming around to it. He was arguing that the Queen, the timing of the Queen's passing and the form of the English team at the moment there's a relationship there that we don't know. Now, he, we, we would sort of shoot, shoot shit, but he was sort of suggesting, and he did have insider knowledge, that the Queen was more involved in English rugby than she let on. Do you know she what was a mentor. She was a coach. She was a role model. She had a hand in the tactics, the strategy that each game, you know, they had going into. Um, oh, so Charles doesn't have it. Charles, he's cricket. Cricket's his thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, by the way, first of all, I when you first started talking, Jim, I thought he's going to come up with a cracking point. He's done some research. He's talked to a peer at work. This is outstanding. And then you mentioned the Queen. It still went for Daniel from there, man. But you could argue, I reckon she was in the Australian ear too. I reckon she was talking strategy because it's been dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. Yeah, actually, I think Charles is to blame for both teams' poor form. <laughs> As, as proud monarchical countries, it's quite disappointing. Um, it's look, bring on the World Cup. Hey, I, I asked people some questions, and I, we got a few questions to ask on this podcast. Um, so can we go rapid fire answer, boys? Yeah, it's got to be quick. Got to be quick. Uh, was Eddie worth it? Mm. Uh, proof's in the pudding. Too early. I'm saying yes. I've enjoyed it all. The Datsun, the banter. I love it. We were going to lose uh, anyway. Um, I'm going to go, no, we, 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 we've now even abandoned the kicking game. We're just playing the same way Dave Rennie played, but worse, uh, without defence now um, and with worse players. 
Um, okay, next question. Uh, Richard, 3-2-1 of English Bin Juice against Fiji. Just give us who was the worst. No, all player. of them. All of them. Move on. All of them. <laughs> all, all of them. Jim, who was the worst Wallaby on the nah, week? Nah, all of them. It's got to be all of them. Uh, all right, who comes into the Wallabies that didn't play against France? I'll jump on that. Karevi to 12. Or Betty. Betty on the wing for Vinavalo. That's our best 15, though, isn't it? Got to be. Yeah. Fuck, that's depressing. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, who came out looking better for the Wallabies after that game? I don't know it better, but the only one that came out, Angus Bell, we've already mentioned. So he didn't better, but he's still just he's the best player at the moment. But Vinavalo probably looked better because he was so low before. So he looked better because of it. Because he wasn't bin juice. For he the- was pretty low before, yeah. Yeah, so um, slightly a rung above. How surprised are you if Fiji tops the pool? Pretty. Surprised. How do you imagine they go? How do you reckon they go? They, I reckon they, they lose to us, fire. but they beat Wales. I honestly think that. Yeah, that's not a bad chat. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that second. Yeah, Australia finished top, Fiji second, Wales third. There you go, done. What do you think about Australia losing to England in the quarters? It definitely won't happen. You're better than us. Move on. Um, all right. Goal kicking. What's Australia going to do? Who's taking the tee? What do you do? Uh, you I reckon to- he keeps it as this. I think they're, they're all going to have a go. They're all going to get the kicking tee at, at, at training this week and have a sudden death kickoff to see who does I don't even know who all is. None of them kick. Nick White? Yeah, maybe Nick White. We don't play like shit. Fair enough. Do you know what? What I would love to see is just bring the tee out and suddenly up steps Will Skelton just to slot it over. John Eel style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Eddie too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, skimming, skimming, skimming. Yeah, skim away. Yes, uh, not really rapid, mate. This is it. If you skim, no, nah, it's not. Look, I'm struggling here. I don't know. Just a lot of shit about Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's mostly that. Uh, mostly that. Richard normally does this. Um, uh, do we deserve to be ninth in the world? Uh, Absolutely, we do. I don't think you know. thoughts on the new centralisation of Australian rugby? Well, mate, something's got to give. We've been talking about it. Let's see what happens. I'm keen to see. Yeah, I agree. Second that. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know enough about it either. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> quickly, let's go through the pools. Anyone got a man in front of them? Let's predict who's going to win each each pool. Yeah, and right. Then, fair then, enough. Pool A. Okay, so Paul A, you've got New Zealand and you've got France. Let's be honest, and that let's just keep it at that. Yes, who's going to win the pool of that? Um, who's Kiwis. Kiwis. You what? Sorry, Kiwis. Jim. Um, I think Kiwis are a little more experienced and better at that style of game. If France want to back themselves, which they definitely should, like I said, I think they're going to lose. Rapid fire. So both New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. Pool B, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, Romania. I'm going South Africa. I think you've got to have South Africa's favourites to win the tournament right now, don't you? Uh, just, I mean, it's a shot for sure. Go with my, uh, southern, my northern hemisphere, brethren. Let's go with Ireland finishing top of that, top of that group. They're playing. Who's in that one? South Africa, Ireland, and who's the other Scot- one? Scotland. I would love it if Ireland didn't go through. Ah, they're playing it's good been rugby. so arrogant for four years. That'd be great. 
Pool C, that's your pool. Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, Portugal. I really hope it's we top it. You will. I reckon, I think you will. We're pretty shit, mate. <laughs> we haven't won a game, man. It says we a game for a long time. Or not even well. been in the running to win a game. Not even. Not even close. Did you see, did you, it, Wales are terrible. Even England beat Wales a couple of weeks ago. They also lost to Wales too, but they even beat, like, England beat Wales. Were they under the Queen as well? Um, yes, mate. Fuck, there you go. She's got it in every pie. Gosh, she gets, <laughs> she doesn't mind it. I think you I can to, say. I, think I want to rephrase that statement, Jim. That she's <laughs> in every pie. Um, Paul I can see a rogue red card against Wales, me having a borderline mental breakdown and us losing. Uh, the amount of times I'm going to scream at the gold wall during that game. <laughs> Didn't you appear on Wales Online or some Welsh paper before, Blake? I particularly opinion. hate the Welsh because they're as shit as us. So it's quite competitive. <laughs> but you always beat Wales, let's be honest. You always beat them. Um, mm. The last pool, England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, Chile. Do you what? That's the least interesting ball. Well, is anyone in there other than Argentina likely to beat England? Samoa, anything? Yeah, Samoa have got some uh, got some good players. Uh, England out at the pool stages. As much as you bitch and moan, Richard, I think you you mob a top on that. No, I don't think we will. I think we'll lose to Argentina. We played Argentina recently at Twickenham and lost to them. Um, I fully expect us to, to finish um, second in the uh, second in the group. Uh, no, you're wrong there, mate. You will find out. Uh, and I then imagine it's to, to lose to Australia in the quarterfinals. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, how good is a Rugby World Cup? Though? It's so good. You know what? Set your clocks. 10th of September is going to be the first Wallaby win of the year. Who are we playing then? That's Georgia. Set. Georgia. Like they look all right, mate. They do look all right. But I reckon we got a pip. we got a pip. I love the fact that it's August the 28th that you said, first win of the year. It's only took eight months. <laughs> but the crazy thing is half the Wallaby fans in, like, the digital world are like, nah, it's good. Eddie, nah, it's good. It's clever. Cool, Ed. Just conf- confirmation bias. 5D chess. Just cognitive dissonance that our first win will come 10th of September. <laughs> Usually, but the ones you want to watch first week is you've got France, New Zealand opening oh. night. That's 5.15. You've got England playing Argentina the next day. Like, make your plans now. Scotland, South Africa, which will be a pretty pretty decent fixture in itself. And then, mate, the hype of Wales and Fiji, that's going to decide who comes second in the comp. It really is. In the comp? Oh, sorry, in, in the pool. That would be but outstanding if it's in the That's going to be – oh, mate, if that that, that, game, that game's just one to circle. That Wales-Fiji encounter is a huge as if Fiji won't be up for it. But I, I do see a Union Jack on their flag maybe there in morning as well. Mate, the, the, the best time slot, 9 o'clock at night. Look at that, mate. A 9 o'clock at night game, Italy-Namibia. That's that's surely the, the game of the round, mate. All right, boys, I've got another question for you. I want to know, obviously, you're going for England, Richard. Obviously, Jim and I are going for the Wallabies. That goes without saying. Who's your second team? Who's your second team? I like this. Who do you think will win it? And who do you hope fucking capitulates? Okay. I hope France win it because I think it's a home nation and they've had they've been um, close. Are they your second team? I would say France are probably my second team. There's an Englishman saying that France is my second team. It's a bit of animosity between the French and the English, but I like... 100 years worth of wars there, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
But my hope, the team that I hope could capitulate, sorry I'm gonna, if I'm going to annoy everybody out there, I really hope South Africa capitulate, sorry. Um, and who, what was your other one? Uh, capitulates, who you think will, who's your second team and who's going to actually win it? Uh, I can't, know. I said Iran, I can't, I think we're going to have a bet against New Zealand, so let's just go with them. All right, Jim, who's going to actually win it? France. Wow. Who's your second team? To who I'm backing? Yeah, who are you going for other than the Wallabies? That I want to see have success? Hmm. Argentina. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And who do you want to capitulate? Who do you want to see just fucking bomb? New Zealand, mate. Fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but just like a caveat, just for the, just because of the, uh, um, I don't want this to happen. But just for, for the pure um, nature of this podcast, it'd be hilarious. It'd be funny if Australia bombed because you two would just go off on a tirade every freaking episode. No, hilarious, Richard. It'd just be the one, wouldn't it? Drinking bourbon Monday night already. Imagine if we haven't won by the tenth of September. What Blake, what about you? Did you give yours? Uh, no, really quickly, I, all blacks or bockies to win it. I'll go bockies. No, 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 no. Pick one, mate. Oh, you did. Sorry. Um, <laughs> second team. I don't feel a bit Scottish pride right now. Uh, yeah. Go In your I'm going to go Fiji. I think there's a fairy tale to be written there. Um, and if we get a bundle out to anyone, I hope it's them. So Fiji are my second team. Um, and who do I hope fucking capitulate? I, I do hate Wales. I do fucking hate England. The Bockies fans were an absolute punish come the lines. Really a lot of teams here. It's got to be Ireland, though. <laughs> I'd love to see them joke. Just Isn't your watch. life Irish? Um, yeah, but it's hilarious watching them capitulate. You get heated in the stuff. kitchen, the conversation over the, the fixtures. Just over a couple of potatoes. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Good, good, good. Well, bring on the World Cup. I can't wait. Let's go, Wallabies. Let's turn this ship around. Yeah, absolutely. I believe Eddie's got a master plan. He's been hiding the game plan. He's just about to get it out too. Sneak it out. It's been hidden. Yeah, his luggage on the plane. Did you see that one bag he took on? Padlocked. It had like glad wrap all around it. It's all All in there. All it had was a small picture of the Queen. Look carefully. (laughs) This is what we do it for, boys. Oh. Oh. All right, boys. Thanks a lot. Catch you later, boys. Can't wait.